1: craft month with the perfect pizza at home class from craftsy and anytime is right to listen to iheart radio's iheart country radio discover more shows and movies for free weight loss starts with the mind and nobody knows this better than martha cameron who lost 20 pounds on noom weight yeah i lost 20 pounds and kept it off so martha why did noom weight work so well for you
5: Well, Noom was just a really positive weight loss experience for me. And compared to other weight loss programs, they gave me the freedom and flexibility to keep eating what I loved, And that made all the difference in the world because it made me actually enjoy the process.
1: You know what I mean? Oh, we know, Martha. (laughs) Learn how Noom's psychological approach can help you lose weight at Noom.com.
6: What grows in the forest? Our imagination and our family bonds. The forest is closer than you think. Find a forest near you at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council.
4: We've all felt left out. And for people who move to this country, that feeling lasts more than a moment. We can change that. Learn how at belongingbeginswithus.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council.
3: Welcome to Special Teams, a production of iHeartRadio. Inside the Special Teams podcast, I'm Jason Smith. Hi, I'm Mike Harmon. And we come to you every week as we spotlight a different team, a special team from the world of sports that dominated so much in one season. They deserve an entire podcast of their own. Sometimes it's because a team plays great wire to wire. Are they the best team ever? Or did they have a lot of controversy? You know. By the way, are we going to get into controversy with today's?
7: Or were they the laughing stock, a team historically bad to where they're remembered for their futility? Because we certainly have more than a few of those that are great stories in and of themselves. Yeah,
3: but we're not going to talk about the Mets. Not today. Okay, we're not going to talk.
7: I, mean, I feel like you say that and it means oh futility Mets, and we're going to talk, and we're not well, talking about the Mets. Well, I have, have a couple of ways to tie the Mets in here, but for the purpose of your heart. And your mind and your soul, I'll let it go. Mike and I, our radio show, The
3: Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon, is heard on Fox Sports Radio Monday through Friday, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. on the East Coast, 7 p.m. to 11 p.m. on the West Coast. We're on over 400 stations. Please find the local listing for the time and show in your area. Also, XM Sirius Channel 83, Anything you want your sports need every night from Mike and I. But today we are looking back at the tumultuous season that we saw near perfection of the 2007 New England Patriots. Again, you don't always have to win. To be spotlighted on this show, this is the team that nearly went undefeated, had to deal with Spygate, and wound up losing because David Tyree was able to put the football next to his helmet and hold on to it in the Super Bowl.
7: But the great predictor of things to come, right? In 2004, we had offenses exploding. We had a lot of big-time performances by quarterbacks. 2007, this Patriots team, what they were able to do offensively, raised some eyebrows, and it really is is foreshadows what the NFL and what it looks like in our present day. The last couple of years, the pinball numbers, we can trace it back to Brady and this juggernaut. So to start with the 2007 New England Patriots, we need to start with where they
3: finished the year before. They were 12-4 and 4 in 2006 and were coming off a really tough loss to the Colts in the AFC Championship game. The Patriots retooled, and in the offseason, they had Dante Stallworth as a wide receiver in free agency. Okay, okay that's you, a nice look move. Look
7: at you. you. You
3: glossed right over the fact that the Colts went and beat the Bears. That was so nice well, buddy, of you. I know you're a Bears fan. I didn't need to. don't
7: feel the I need to relive a Rex Grossman, bad, or, or talk about how we started the year by celebrating Prince and the rain?
3: Yeah, I know, but buddy, I mean, Rex Grossman was really terrible in the Super Bowl. Yeah,
7: so Peyton Manning wasn't any good either. but but you lost. I know.
3: That's why I didn't want to bring it up, and now you you want to bring it up. We're going to start the year, we're going to start the year, right? It was start off, the Bears lost and they haven't won a game since. Now to the 2007 How dare Patriots. you? Oh, sorry about that. Dirtbag. Uh, so they add Dante Stallworth. That's very nice. And then they make two moves that turn the Patriots from this is a really good team with a clutch quarterback into my goodness, they can set a lot of offensive records. They trade for Wes Welker from the Miami Dolphins and they trade for Randy Moss from the Patriots. Oakland Raiders. Randy Moss would warn out his welcome in Oakland and there were many teams that thought this guy's a lot of problems a lot of attitude so we're going to shy away from him. The Patriots decide hey we're going to give you a fourth round pick and the Raiders say good riddance and Randy Moss goes and sets all kind of offensive records for the Patriots meanwhile Wes Welker catches about 13 passes a game. I don't think the guy ever ran a pattern for the Patriots he would just slide off the line of scrimmage, stand in a spot, Brady would hit him with a pass, he would run about out three yards and fall forward
7: for another two it that was, was west welker well it was an effective move right get down stay small don't take the big hit because that was one of the things if you're going to look about the new england patriots receivers through the years guys that if they really played tall across the middle that's not going to end well for most of them i mean welker gets acquired for a second and seventh round pick Folks forget, he was really good with the Dolphins as a return man, and he was a quality receiver. Folks in point-per-reception leagues, for fantasy purposes, got to get it in, that he was already on the radar there. And then Randy Moss, they made a trade with San Francisco to get an extra pick. And then, hey, we'll take a shot on this guy. Let's rehab him. He didn't want to play in Oakland. He seemingly had quit. And there you go. All of a sudden, a rejuvenation, a fountain of youth, led by Bill Belichick, of all
3: people. And the the crazy thing is that people only know Tom Brady now. Boy, he's a record-setting quarterback with the Patriots. But he was not that guy Mm -hmm. early on in his career. He was someone who made clutch plays. and. Look, he'd already won the Super Bowl a couple of times, but was he this 50 touchdown guy? No, he wasn't. He became that now when Wes Welker comes in and Randy Moss, they were the perfect complements for each other. You had the speedy possession receiver and you had the deep threat who teams had to put two guys on and roll
7: coverage that way. And it was easy pickings. Yeah, he had never thrown more than 28 touchdown passes in a season. That's something that... Really is, is mind-boggling. And even if you go back to this iteration of the Patriots, you're looking at at a team that rolled out three, four running backs time and time again. There there was still no one and done. There was no workhorse. Still had your pass catchers out of the backfield. My Sammy Morris was a guy I really liked. He was part of this squad until he got hurt midseason. But they they came at you all different ways and different contributors. But those two trades... In an area where trades weren't being made, Mm -hmm. right? You would have a couple of afterthoughts, all right, draft picks, maybe a guy works out. We're talking about Randy Moss who at the, the height and he found part two here, but like he was the best receiver in the game. And you have Wes Welker, a bit of an unknown, but a guy who still was able to move the sticks.
3: He's got everybody in the NFL. This guy's a really good receiver. And I thought he was going to go to the Dolphins and dominate. And he played well. But this is the end of the Dante Culpepper era for the Dolphins where it never really got off the ground that much.
7: Yeah, Wes Welker. And then he turns in one of the best possession receivers we've ever seen. Great schemes, great quick outs. And Tom Brady, even till this day, he doesn't hold the ball. You get the ball out and put it in your playmaker's hands. The legend of Bill Belichick was
3: already known. Showing up, winning the Super Bowl in 2001, winning it again a couple of years later uh, with beating the Philadelphia Eagles. So he was already, hey, this is the best coach in the NFL. But he wasn't where he is now. That's, boy, this guy may be the best head coach we've ever seen. At that point, he was still, if you did the pantheon of great head coaches, it was, well, Belichick's really good. He's won a couple of Super Bowls. Parcells is fantastic. He's won a couple of Super Bowls. Chuck Knoll had four. We're still talking about Bill Walsh. But Belichick was in the conversation. Well, Tom Landry's hat. Tom La- If Bill Belichick wore Tom
7: Landry's hat would he be a better head coach or a worse head He'd coach? He'd be unstoppable. That fedora, really is legendary. I think that I think or, it would, or the Sith Lord hood. No, I, mean, really I think it would it be too
3: pointy thing. on the top of his head. I don't. I don't think that would be something that I'd say. Oh boy, that's a great head coach. I, I would say that, I've seen that guy's wearing a, a bad hat.
7: I don't know that I've seen him with a jaunty hat. I mean, Welker and those guys. Uh, Wes Welker loved a jaunty yeah, hat. He, he's yes, absolutely. Does. He was absolutely. a big fan of a jaunty no hat. No question. But certain guys can pull
3: off jaunty hats, and I don't think Belichick. Look, he's a hoodie guy. Right, so I mean, this is when this is when he first uh, the Belichick cut off hoodie was making. Oh, I got to get a Belichick hoodie. Just buy a sweatshirt and cut the
7: sleeves off it. You know, no, much- no, 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 no,
3: no. I got to one of those special ones for the 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 places that sell it like that. That's an extra fifty dollars because they cut the sleeves off of it.
7: Now, as much as you hate the Patriots, you do rock those looks with some regularity with your. Uh, freshly shorn sleeves. I mean, you cut them yourself.
3: I am a fan of a short sleeve sweatshirt. I am a big fan. of that. I mean,
7: you're showing off your triceps as we talk right now. As the Patriots move from
3: the off season to the regular season, a huge tragedy in May of 2007, defensive end Marquis Hill uh, fell off a jet ski north of new Orleans. He was not wearing a personal flotation device. His body was found by the Louisiana department of wildlife and fisheries. Um, uh, a day and a half later, the team paid for his funeral it was an unbelievable tragedy. I remember talking about this story on the air. It was so sad. And, you know, sometimes this just happens. You get that
7: horrendous bit of tragedy and you have to find a way to
3: go forward from it.
7: Young player had been with the team uh, a couple of years. The one thing they had in that room, a lot of veteran leadership. That was the one thing they really addressed in the offseason. In in addition to the trades that we talk about with Welker and with Moss bringing in Dante Stallworth is they re-signed a lot of veterans, a lot of guys who been through and been in a lot of locker rooms. You're talking about Junior Seau. You're talking about some of those guys that were 10 years plus. Troy Brown and Randall Gay and Vinnie Testaverde. So I think that helped.
3: All these guys were there. So
7: I, I think you had that. You know, you're talking about a locker room that I think was able to stay inward. And I think that's been one of the credits to the organization as a whole through the years. Is they keep everything inside. Right? Yeah. It, it doesn't get out good, bad, indifferent. And this is a case where they were able to mourn together and, it, and come together and coalesce even more. So the
3: Patriots headed to the season with a lot of high hopes coming off of how they finished last year. Week one, and this turned out to be a much bigger deal than just beating the New York Jets because, you know, they beat the New York Jets. Yeah, pretty bad. they did. Uh, they win week one in East Rutherford, 38 to 14. I remember seeing this game, being a Jets fan, and watching Tom Brady hit Randy Moss for a 50-yard touchdown, beating Darrell Revis, and I said... Oh, they're going to be unstoppable. Randy Moss is going to have that kind of year, and they are going to be unstoppable. And it sure looked that way. This was the new-look Patriots, and they put 38 points on the board week one. Come on, and the Jets thinking, had
7: a 7-0 lead to start
3: that we game. We were, with yes, and yeah, well, the Jets have a lot of leads that doesn't work, don't work out for them <laughs> against the Patriots. And you thought, okay, wow, this is, this is a big start, mm-hmm. on the road winning a game like this. And then... A few days later, Bill Belichick is accused by the Jets of authorizing his staff to film their defensive signals from an on-field location, something that was later known as Spygate, one of the biggest controversies to ever hit the National Football League. Over the course of the next few days and weeks, other teams came forward and said, you know, I think the Patriots filmed our defensive signals without our knowledge. And there was that big story about the Super Bowl with the Rams who said, I think they filmed our walkthrough because we ran a play in the Super Bowl this is six years ago that we didn't practice. The only time we did it was in the walkthrough and the Patriots knew that was happening. So there was all this controversy surrounding the Patriots and Bill Belichick admitted, yes we did this but I didn't interpret the rule correctly and they wind up getting fined 500 grand and they lose a first round pick in the 2008 NFL draft. It probably should have been more because the Patriots were getting obvious benefits from this because Bill Belichick's not going to keep doing this if it's not going to help them. So why would you keep doing it? The Patriots say it was a minimal cost to us. And then Roger Goodell surprises everybody by destroying the tapes. Think about that now. Think about if this happened now and you heard the commissioner of the NFL said, yeah, we got a team that was cheating and was getting video of other teams that they're not supposed to have. What'd you do with the evidence? I destroyed it. Wait, wait, what? You destroyed it? Yes. But back then, Roger Goodell was still a neophyte NFL commissioner who had a lot of power because his whole mantra was I'm going to instill order into the game all the players he would suspend after DUIs and and when they ran afoul of the law because under Paul Tagliabue guys could get DUIs and play on Sunday now it was okay the NFL is an image issue and I'm going to fix it he was still in the midst of a very powerful beginning to his NFL career as commissioner so he destroys it and it's What are you going to do? The commissioner has a
7: lot of power. He destroyed. He destroys tapes now, and he's out of a job. Well, but I think it's also a uh, parallel to where we're at in general, not to get all political, not to go into a deep dive, but transparency and just uh, people asking more questions. Well, in anything. But but, I mean, it it was even a decade. I mean, it's only a decade. But you're talking about authority of, all right, they had a reason. They did it. You might question it. And certainly if you're fans of the teams that you believe were affected in big games, you know, you still harbor grudges and still want to know well what's on the tapes. You'd love to see exactly what kind of advantage they had. And that's one of the things on the field as well for Bill Belichick through the years is all right, trying to figure out where the margins are in terms of how a rule can be interpreted. Letter versus spirit versus I'm gonna do it, right? Baltimore complaining about a quote illegal formation. Which really wasn't illegal. Just they decided, well, this doesn't look right. Whatever, we're going to take the complaint and we're going to now outlaw this because that's really what happened. Like there was the league came out and like, well, what technically what the how they were aligned wasn't wrong. So they always find those edges. In this particular case, you know Roger Goodell, full authority. Everybody just said, well, he probably did it for the good of the game. Whatever was on those tapes, they, he was thinking of the the greater good. And then over the years, certainly, you know, you add and compound other things and wonder, should we have gotten more transparency and we can get into the Ray Rice and and all of those cases that really changed how society really looked at the NFL? They were no longer just treated in the sports sections. They were no longer just in highlight shows. Now this was morning news, national news shows, your Good Morning Americas and today's shows. And it all started to flow there. So the conversation jumped from the sports pages, and this one hangs over them all these years later, now normally, on the special teams podcast, we do a look back at the year and and, and
3: kind of get you set up for what two thousand and seven was, what was going on in the world at that time that you remember back and I mean, look you're talking about you know when you get to dozen fifteen years ago, what was happening? We usually do that to set things up, but I, I saved it for now specifically to go into why Spygate was such a big deal.
1: 2007. This is a
3: story that played out for months mm-hmm. in the NFL. What did the Patriots know? If they win the Super Bowl, is this because they cheated? Is this because they had the plays and there was controversy? And controversy really reigned in sports in 2007. It was the year Barry Bonds passed Hank Aaron yeah, for home runs. And it was, is this legit? All the Balco stories of, of the PEDs that he took and his hat size going to size eight. Was this a legit home run record for Barry Bonds? And the clear and Andrew and everything else right you had michael vick who was indicted in july for the dogfighting scandal that saw him forfeit a couple of years of his nfl career should michael vick be allowed to play should michael vick go to prison it was a controversy year filled year in sports two of the biggest stories in the national football league and we kind of went from here's michael vick Right into Spygate and oh, by the way, in the middle of that, while you're getting to the the middle of the season is Barry Bonds and still the Barry Bonds story hooked on after because of the Balco investigation and the the Game of Shadows book that came out. So really, when I want you to realize that when this. Spygate story came up it was embroiled in a lot of different things and there was other big things going on in the world that year in 2007 sports wise that were like whoa okay this is not just this team team A winning here team B winning here It was moral issues it was should this team be punished should they not it was a landscape with much more angles to the more developed and serious stories than we had seen in a while
7: well because we always had in the pages uh, of the the section as you mentioned say just with Paul Tagliabue if you weren't in a jail cell you could play that's what it was and you'd hear about arrests you'd hear about different circumstance but now you were talking about the fabric of the game when you talk about the home run record no nothing in baseball or any other sport held the same reverence as babe ruth's then hank aaron's record and then all of a sudden that was under assault we talked about it in in the 1998 podcast and then you talk about it here again with Barry Bonds creeping towards that single season on a whole other level where the questions of all right entertainment versus pure sports and fandom like people started questioning what they were rooting for and where the games were going the kid the kids games that they remembered this was the year that it changed a bit uh, we all got to grow up sometime, don't we? Yeah, we gotta grow you got to put on your pants one leg at a time. I was
3: like 36 years old. I got to grow up now. I'm 36. I got people I'm responsible for. Responsible too. I can't just go to bed at 3.30 in the morning on a Saturday night, wake up, watch football all day, and then just go to bed at night and do it all again. You could. Well, it, it yeah, might not well, be uh,
7: conducive to long term relationships. relationships. Yeah, yeah, that would be tough. Or your health, for that matter. Uh, well, I don't know. Going to bed late is okay. Not waking up to an alarm clock, that's well, okay. But it depends how long you, you get to sleep. Because I was thinking you could do that for a while where you were still going to bed at 3 30 and you could rally to watch a kid or. Or maybe take care of some of the cursory things in the Sunday in between watching football. As long as you didn't have to use too many brain cells, Jason. That's really what I was looking at. So that's where we were. All right. When you think about Spygate,
3: we were still talking about Barry Bonds. We were still talking about Michael Vick. It was a weekly, daily conversation. Mm -hmm. And now that Spygate was out, this became a storyline that shifted from, boy, the Patriots may have cheated to, boy, the Patriots are pissed. You know, and I vividly remember covering this every Sunday talking to John Clayton on my radio show when it was on ESPN. And he would tell me the same thing. Bill Belichick, it's like the Terminator. He is coming for everybody. He is really upset. And he is more focused than he's ever been. And they're coming for every team they're playing against because now the legitimacy of their Super Bowl championships are in question. So week two. After the Jets game and they, they win that game and Spygate breaks, doesn't matter. They play the Chargers. Rematch of a playoff game the uh, year before. Patriots get out to a 24 nothing lead. They win 38-14. It's no problem. They beat the Bills in week three, 38-7, back when the Bills were no problem for anybody. They play the Bengals in week four. Bengals. uh 34-13. It was the Bengals. It could have been a bye. You know, all these years later, it hasn't really changed, now has it? Hasn't. No, no. Patriots-Bengals still turns out yeah. the same way. Week 5, they're 4-0 and now. They're feeling good. They're rolling through everybody. They play the Browns. They win 34-17. Week 6, it's the Cowboys. They in put Dallas. 48 on the board against the Dallas Cowboys. They score 27 in the second half, and Tom Brady goes for five touchdowns and 388 yards. And at this point, people are saying, oh, thank God I drafted Tom Brady in fantasy. He was my second quarterback, but I thought, you know, Randy Moss and Wes Milker, maybe. And he's on his way. to an incredibly historic season.
7: Well, it's funny because you you think about it. If you only had daily fantasy back then, 99% of lineups stack of Brady, (laughs) Welker, and Moss. What'd you spend on the other players? Didn't matter. I got all the points. That's all I need. I got all the touchdowns. That's all I need. I got empty space. Empty space. Empty space. But as you went through these scores, 24, 24, 31, 21, 17, 21, I mean, that's your margin of victory on a weekly basis. I mean, they're just beating these teams senselessly yes they get had a couple of scares for a quarter <laughs> Oh, hey, we played him.
3: Hey, it's only 7-3. Oh, but yeah, we'll take care of that. Yeah, the
7: moral victory for that one quarter. (laughs) Randy
3: Moss, over the course of this year, became the first player in NFL history to have three games with at least 100 receiving yards to start a season. They rolled. They rolled through week seven. They put 49 on the board against the Dolphins to win 49-28. They play the Redskins, and they win that one 52-7. So they get through the first eight weeks undefeated at eight 0 and it looks like this could be perfection you saw these last couple of games and it's man they're not just beating teams they are blowing the living doors off of these teams and suddenly 16 and 0 and winning the super bowl it wasn't just thought of as a possibility it was like it was a likely outcome
7: no you go back and you look at betting lines during the period and it's fun looking at the historical data where you're a 17
8: point favorite seemingly every week
7: against teams that were good, against possible great teams along the way. But this offense just humming the running backs doing their jobs, catching the ball out of the backfield, Kevin Falk and and company, and then Lawrence Maroney, their lead runner. And then you have Moss and Welker, just dominating ben watson at the tight end position everything's new again uh, with him and that you know he he's becomes a factor as the season goes on so eight no and absolutely just obliterating opponent after an opponent
3: as we continue on with the special teams podcast the second half of the season gets a little more difficult for the patriots but not so much but a big harbinger for what was going to happen in the super bowl we'll get to that as the special teams podcast continues to continue on now with the special teams podcast as we look back at the tremendously historic year that did not end in victory for the Patriots in 2007 near perfection scandal and controversy this season had it all with the Patriots 8-0 and perfection a possibility they moved on to play their next game against the team that ousted them from the playoffs last year In the AFC Championship game, the Indianapolis Colts. It was the closest game they had of the year, but Tom Brady... In typical Tom Brady fashion, sets a record for Patriots touchdown passes in a single season with 32. Remember, we're only in week nine. He throws his 32nd right. touchdown of the season. The Colts' Peyton Manning, with a chance to win the game at the end, is strip-sacked. Patriots recover. They win 24-20. And then it was really off to the races for a couple of weeks.
7: What is interesting here with the Colts game is they, they came in 7-0. and in this game as well. Oh, it was a huge so, build up so to the this game. Build up the ratings, huge, huge the, up. like the excitement, especially the way the AFC title game the year before had gone. Right, 38-34, your final. But the Patriots had a twenty one three lead that evaporated. Mm-hmm. So, in in addition to the we hate everybody and it's us against the world because of <laughs> Spygate and what I like to term the slam this sucker down tour the dusty roads, American dream. You've got to get that wrestling tie in where you can. Of We're going to beat every opponent here. Obviously not as easy. Only the four point margin of victory, but one that I, I bet in that locker room felt better than the 52, seven the week before the 49th. <laughs> it was the, all right, we took down Peyton Manning here. We took care of business in Indianapolis ahead of the bye week. So they go into the bye.
3: The last undefeated team, and they come out of it against the Buffalo Bills. Bills were feeling good. We in won five of seven. Hey, <laughs> J.P. Lossman's playing well. Final score, Patriots 56, Bills 10. Thanks for coming. Thanks for being
7: Look here. Look at that. You got a J.P. Lossman <laughs> reference in. They struggle with the Eagles yeah. in week 12. A.J.
3: Feely starting this game. Donovan McNabb was injured. It was, all oh, the Eagles can't win this game. And this was when A.J. Feely had that five minutes of, hey, A.J. Feely might actually be pretty good. But in the end, the Patriots score the only points of the fourth quarter. They beat the Eagles by the final of 31-28. A.J. Feely intercepted by Asante Samuel in the end zone with under three minutes left to go. And the big survive and advance game for the Patriots, because now it's about being undefeated, they're able to win and move on.
7: Yeah, the A.J. Feely wrinkled the things, right? You, you plan for McNabb and what he's able to do, and sometimes the backup knowing that their career, their their job's not necessarily on the line. They play a little differently, right? Play a little looser, wing the ball downfield a little bit differently. And for A.J. Feely, uh, it was one of those feel-good moments of his career. I'm sure he looks back on it and smiles. Remember that game when I almost won
3: against the Patriots? Boy, that was fun. Almost like this is a survive and advance type situation for the Patriots where we compare that to college basketball a lot where if you're going to win a championship, you're going to look back at those seven games you play and more or more depending on now with playing games. It's okay. This was our dominant run. This was the game that was a close game. This was the game we got a break in and that was the next week against the Ravens in which it looked like the Patriots were going to lose Tom Brady. Late in this game, the, the Ravens are winning. Throws a pass to Ben Watts in the back of the end zone, incomplete with under two minutes left to go. On fourth down, game's over, right? Ravens are going to kill the clock. But Jermaine Winborn was called for defensive holding on the play. Patriots get a fresh set of downs. Then a touchdown pass to Derek Gaffney that, or Jabbar Gaffney, Derek Gaffney Gaffney played for the Jets for a long time. Uh, He didn't catch a lot of passes for the Jets, but Jabbar Gaffney catches a touchdown. I remember Bart Scott going crazy of the Ravens, gets like two 15-yard penalties because he's so upset about them holding them, but then they get the fresh set of downs. He gets those penalties, but the Patriots get the win 27 24. That
7: was a Monday night football game in front of 17.5 million people watching it. Then that was a, that was a record for a regular season game. And that Ravens team, I mean, you look at back uh, at some of the defenses they were throwing out just year in, year out. That's been the hallmark of their squad, but close, but no cigar in this one. So. Bart Scott gets the
3: penalties. He throws the flag into the stands. That was that video you've probably seen online many times. Goskowski kicks it off into the end zone, and and they got to start from their 20. It's a big deal because on the final play of the game, Kyle Bowler throws a Hail Mary that is caught by Mark Clayton at the three-yard line, but the Patriots tackle him. And it was...
7: Whew. Talk about survive in advance. That was their survive in advance game. Succeed and proceed. One of the other pieces that was, to some degree, for the Patriots, delicious in all of this, is Adelius Thomas had come over from the Ravens during the offseason. So he got to wave at his former teammates. Oh, and game.
3: he was in the big run right there. He had two and a half sacks the week before. Yep. He was playing fantastic. So now you get to week 14. The Patriots blow the Steelers out 34-13. They play the Jets again 86-3. No, actually 20-10 is. your. <laughs> Hey, Final score. Good
7: job. Good effort. I mean, yeah, i that's sure okay. Going back into the historical data, you probably, if you bet the Jets, you probably won that week. Uh, yeah, that was game. Was I remember that game that was in the was rain? Foxboro,
3: the Jets yeah. had played okay. You get to week sixteen, they beat the Dolphins twenty-eight to seven, and then week seventeen against the Giants. In Giant Stadium, a game that was watched on television by an audience that will stun you. This was the Patriots going for perfection to finish the season at 16-0. and This game was broadcast on a horde of television stations. It was on CBS, it was on NBC, it was on NFL Network, it was on local television in New York and Boston, and you saw a total of 15 million people watching on CBS, 13 million on NBC, four and a half on NFL Network. You're talking about over 30 million people watching this game because the Patriots were going for perfection against the Giants. This was an absolute thriller. The Patriots win this game 38-35, the Giants show, hey, we can hang with the Patriots, but the Patriots get the win. At the time, I remember it was, this was an emotional game. The Patriots are at the end of the season. They need that week off to recharge, refresh. Hey,
7: just get the win. You are 16-0. and 0. But the Giants, offensively, they gave them a lot of problems. Yeah, the curiosity here was the Giants had solidified where they were in the wild card. It was a meaningless game. So, so they didn't have outside of the anybody. Patriots playing yeah. for perfection. Yeah, and you already were looking at injuries stacking up and and other things, but uh, a game for Tom Coughlin and, and company that they came away saying, "Look, we we learned a lot. We and that's obviously hindsight, but at, at the time when you are looking at just trying to finish it off, you don't want other teams going undefeated. Everybody wants to take their best shot. So I'm sure it was not hard to rally guys in the locker room to say, all right, we're going to go and take our punch at these guys. Yeah. And they come away with a narrow loss.
3: So they get a week off and get ready for the playoffs and they're 16 and and we're still talking about Spygate. We're still talking about what other advantages that the Patriots have over other teams. And I remember Mike Westhoff, who was the former special teams coach of the Jets saying, you know, don't even get me started on the stuff the Patriots do with the playoffs play clock. Right. And I remember hearing that go, what? And he wouldn't get into it, but it was like, what do they do with the play? How can they do anything with the play clock? I did mean, you, did
7: you never find him off the record? <laughs> no, Mike
3: tough. He would, I think he was, he didn't want to bring it up, but he did. But that was when everybody is piling on the Patriots sure. and the spy gate. What are they doing? That's given them an advantage. The debate is raging more because now it's kind of boomeranging around to, well, they're obviously not taping anybody now and look at them beating the crap out of everyone. So was it really the advantage they got from the Spygate tape? So in the beginning of the year was, Hey, these super bowls are not really legit to now. Well, they just went through 16 weeks because they probably had the jets plays the first week. (laughs) They got to 16 weeks of just beating teams and beating them badly and winning clutch games. So how much was it? So in the course of four months, it went from Spygate, Spygate to now it's coming around and, is Spygate still that big a deal? I mean, that was where the co- the the conversation was about it.
7: Well, and all these years later, right? It still comes down to teams and trying to find advantages, and the Patriots being the leader I mean controversies in 2019 are are nothing new I mean everything that's old is new again and and certainly with Spygate it's one that I think for some is still confusing as to well what exactly was wrong what was the letter of the law then did the rules get changed interpretation did Roger Goodell just want it to go away and the fact that the Patriots did come out score 315 or they what they were plus 315 75 touchdowns And their defense was fourth best in the league. So they did everything they could to check the boxes to say, we're just better at football and coaching football (laughs) than you. So I I think it squashed it to a degree. Certainly some still have their... Their questions here in Los Angeles, where you and I reside and do the show, all these years later, it's it's still a big deal. Even though they weren't in Los Angeles, <laughs> the Rams weren't here at the time. <laughs> so now they enter the playoffs
3: and their first game is against the Jacksonville Jaguars in a very strange game because the Patriots win it 31-20. They were never really in trouble, but 31-20. Every possession seemed like it was an eight-minute drive by either the Jaguars or the Patriots. Jaguars played well. David Garrard was
7: fantastic in this
3: game. Look, New England rolled up a lot of points, a lot of yards offensively, and they didn't punt the football until there were 31 seconds left in the game. But they got the ball in the first quarter, went on a huge drive. The Jaguars' answer with a huge drive. I believe it's the, the only playoff game in which each team got the ball once in the first quarter. I mean, this is Patriots' big, long drive. Jaguars a big, long drive to answer. Patriots are big, long drive. Jaguars a big, long drive to answer. This game went to halftime at 14-14. But in the third quarter, the Jaguars had a couple of mistakes. They couldn't get in the end zone. The Patriots put up 14 points, and they enter the fourth quarter kind of in cruise control.
7: Well, that's it. Brady was nearly perfect in this game overall. And you, you saw
2: the emergence for playoff football. and Discover MGM, the betting app sports fans in the capital region turn to for non-stop action all winter long take the excitement of football basketball and hockey to the next level with same game parlays exclusive signature bets odds boost promos and much more plus now you can sign in place bets and manage your cash balance under the same betmgm account in dc maryland and virginia with the same username and password throughout the dmv it's never been easier to play with the king of sports books
3: Here in L.A., that means more rain. For others, a wintry combination of sleet, slush, snow, and ice. Whatever winter means to you, Tire Rack has tires that'll elevate your drive. it is a game changer. Go to TireRack.com sports to see their hand-cooked test results and special offers. They've been at this for over 40 years. Trust me, they're the experts. That's TireRack.com sports. TireRack.com,
7: the way tire buying should be. Ben Watson coming up here, and it always gets back to the you can't settle for field goals. Right? You can't settle for field goal tries. When you have your opportunity, especially against a juggernaut, you got to match him blow for blow. And that's something that the Jaguars, at, at the time, you had the dual-headed monster in the backfield, Fred Taylor, and and a young Maurice Jones, Drew, getting after it. The first touchdown was caught by Matt Jones. Oh, no, I remember when got, Matt Jones, like, out, out of Arkansas, quarterback, he's going to be, yeah. Yeah, 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 he's he's a, gonna be a wide receiver. Matt Jones, yeah, he's yeah, going to no. be great. And then he was out of the
3: league. Yeah,
7: just like that. You blinked your eye. But the Jaguars gave them a battle, and it took almost perfection by Brady, three touchdowns, 268 overall, to, to finish the job.
3: The next week, the AFC championship game against the San Diego Chargers, and the Chargers are going to look back, and they still do, and they go, if the Patriots just weren't in the AFC, we could have won like three Super Bowls. It was not the best game for Tom Brady. In the AFC title game, three interceptions. This was a game that was won by the defense. They held the Chargers to four field goals. And sometimes that's worth its weight. When the Patriots were able to get in the end zone on their red zone drives, the Chargers settled for Nate Cading field goals four times and that's not going to win a game against a team that can give you A quick strike capability like the Patriots, even when they're playing a bad game. Look, this is a bad game for Brady. This is worst game of the year. And still, they were able to win this game by two scores because defensively, the Chargers just couldn't put the ball in the end zone. They're on the four-yard line, the five-yard line, and they couldn't find a way to get it. It was a great day for Teddy Bruschi and Junior Seau and company, Rodney Harrison. This was the moment the defense carried the team for the most important time all season.
7: Yeah, a couple of pass breakups in and around the goal line. Uh, you saw with Brady on the other side, just missed opportunities and missed throws along the way. And Rivers, 50% completion rate, absorbed four sacks. Uh, Ladanian Tomlinson left this game very early, so you're out with one of your, your best weapons for the Chargers. And Nate Kading, the much maligned kicking game for the Chargers, something that's lasted A decade plus. I mean, it just keeps going. Uh, But for Nate Kading, four field goals made on this day and a low-scoring affair, I think certainly something nobody anticipated. The Patriots were a 14-point favorite in this game and had to grind it out.
3: So now we get to the Super Bowl, and awaiting them were the New York Giants, who they had beaten in Week 17 why things didn't turn out exactly the Patriots way coming up next as we continue on the special teams podcast.
5: Introducing Avocado's game-changing Eco Organic Mattress, a radically affordable, GOTS-certified organic mattress, starting at just $6.99 with easy financing and a 100-night sleep trial. Organic sleep awaits at avocadomattress.com.
4: I'm John Gonzalez, the host of Sports Illustrated Weekly. Sports Illustrated has delivered the best storytelling in sports for 70 years, first in the pages of the magazine, then on SI.com, And now, that tradition continues on a new podcast. Each week, we'll dive deep into the best stories from around the sports world. We'll ask the questions that we're all wondering and push for the answers we all want. Everything from investigating the Super Bowl's impact on L.A. to examining why booing is as big a part of the fan experience as cheering. Sports Illustrated Weekly is here to bring you the entertaining tales you can't get anywhere else. The kinds of stories that make you smile and laugh, clap and cry, Marvel, think, and fall in love with sports all over again. Sports Illustrated Weekly is available every Wednesday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe now. If I could be you.
1: And you could be me. For just one hour.
4: If you could find a way.
1: To get inside.
4: Each other's mind. Walk a mile in my shoes. Walk a mile in my shoes. Walk a mile in my shoes. shoes. shoes.
3: The Patriots clearly were a special team, but could they become the all-time special team in the National Football League? Putting their undefeated record on the line in the Super Bowl, they were 18-0. There were already 19-0 t-shirts being printed up because it was a fait accompli that they would beat the Giants in Arizona to win the Super Bowl. They had beaten the Giants 38-35 in the regular season, but this was going to be a Patriots rollover. I remember... The last show I did on ESPN before the Super Bowl, I talked to one of the Giants insiders. I forget who it was. He says, look, I've been covering this team for a long time, and I got news for you. They're going to give Brady and the Patriots all kinds of problems defensively on Sunday. Trust me. And at this point, no one is thinking the Patriots are going to lose the Super Bowl. Everybody is picking them. No one's taking the Giants. Sure. but." He told me, look, I've been covering this team for a long time. I know these guys, Strahan and company. They know what they have to do. They're going to be able to shut this Patriots offense down. And we're getting off the phone. Yeah, yeah, great, great, great. Okay. But, you know, it was the other side of the coin for the Giants and Giants fans, you know, hopefully we're needing something to hold on to. That turns out he was right.
7: Well, you saw the defensive line that has been so dominant all season. They were at Don Brady's feet or wearing him or he was wearing them like a coat the entire game. I mean, he was under duress. You never got those timing plays that are so important to running any offense, let alone this one, the Tom Brady I'll find you streaking across the middle, catch you and off you are to the races with a lot of yak. None of those plays existing here. Neither team was able to do much offensively. The shocker that the Giants
3: were able to sack Tom Brady five times and get a fumble. The Giants couldn't do anything really offensively themselves, but the fact they were shutting the Patriots down limiting their possessions so Brady couldn't get hot was a very big deal this game gets to halftime Patriots with a seven to three lead again a game where each team only had one drive in the entire opening quarter when you can keep the ball away from Tom Brady hey I need I need the ball hey we made mistakes but we got to get rolling get in a rhythm that's going to stop that from happening 22 seconds left before halftime. This is a very big play. It looked like the Patriots were going to be able to put points on the board. However, Brady fumbled while he was being sacked by Justin Tuck and OCU Minyura recovered. So we go to halftime with the Patriots leading 7-3 when they
7: were at least on the cusp of field goal range. Could have given them another three points just before halftime. Just one of those plays that you hang a star on at the time going, all right, it's a blip on the road, but still we're talking about a close game. Let's go enjoy Tom Petty in the heartbreak. (laughs) and we'll be back after this first drive of the third quarter a possession that
3: people don't talk about as much because of the drama at the end but the patriots were driving up 7-3 they're on the giants 31 yard line and they have fourth and 13 this tells you goskowski field goal right let's push the lead to 10 instead belichick decides to go for it trying to pick up a first down Brady's pass is incomplete went out of the back of the end zone the Giants take over on downs I remember thinking what it's fourth and it's not fourth and three it's fourth and 13 I get that you want to put a touchdown on the board to make that 14-3 lead look like 30 points
7: because the Giants offense wasn't doing anything right but
3: you got to take the points at that time it's fourth and 13
7: Talking about having one of the best kickers in the game, young at the time, but a guy that had been money for them over the course of the year. A lot of PATs. I mean, that was his hallmark for years with this squad. This, you didn't trot him out for a lot of field goals because it was just a lot of point after touchdowns. But here, you got you to gotta put your points on the board. But it showed Belichick something that's been consistent throughout his coaching career. Pushing analytics away and down and just saying game and feel and this is one that obviously went awry and this was
3: a game that as it's going on people are saying I can't believe this Why are the Patriots not winning? Why are they not taking over this Giants defense? Why can they not solve the Giants defense? Why are they in Brady's
7: face? all the time. Well, and folks started going back to Spygate whispers again, right? Of, well, do they not have something? <laughs> Didn't have to, the Giants play. Well, what did they not have at the Giants? But <laughs> it it's, opens that door again. And for Dante Scarnecchia, a guy who's been celebrated all these years, he had no answer for that defensive front of the Giants. Fourth quarter, the Giants
3: finally put a drive together. Manning throws a touchdown pass to David Tyree. It's a 10-7 Giants lead. Still a lot of time left. You knew Tom Brady was going to give you at least one more drive. No matter how well the Giants' defense was playing, you knew Brady was going to do it. Gets the Patriots down the field. Corey Webster slips and falls. Randy Moss is wide open in the end zone. Brady throws a touchdown. New England now has a 14-10 lead with just under three minutes left to go. And I remember watching that play, and they cut to the Patriots' sideline, and Teddy Bruschi hugs Junior Seau, and all the players are hugging. And it gave me the impression that, boy, they think the game is over and there's still 2.42 left and the Giants have the ball. And oh, I don't, I, I don't know about this. And then watching what the Patriots did, the final possession, they kind of played defensively like, we're not going to make any mistakes. Eli Manning is not going to drive the Giants down the field for a touchdown. And you saw how they played that final drive. They weren't nearly aggressive enough. Then they got aggressive at the end. But just seeing that, it's one of those... Images that's forever burned in my head of Brewski and Junior Sale hugging, saying, this game is not over. And I felt like the Patriots kind of thought it was.
7: No, and that and that's just it, is a team that had been so just workmanlike. And that's been the Patriots going on two decades of just do your job, finish the job. And even that possession was odd for the Patriots and that. Lawrence Maroney was not having a good game by any means, but they absolutely abandoned the run. They had a twelve-play drive to get to that Randy Moss touchdown. They ran the ball once. Yeah, even though again the the pret again Maroney wasn't running the ball well, but to abandon it to allow potentially the, that defensive front that had owned the Patriots' offensive line to tee off on Brady again was was something, uh, again, another one of those head-scratchers in a game that was full of them.
3: So the Giants get the ball back, and we're thinking, okay, it's going to be some point when Eli Manning throws an incomplete pass on fourth down. Brandon Jacobs... Keeps the drive going, a two-yard run on fourth and one. The Giants keep the ball. Then Asante Samuel should have had a game-ending interception on a pass to David Tyree, but the ball went through his hands. And I remember the Patriots still, their body language was no sweat, no sweat. All right, here's two times you could have ended the game. You let Brandon Jacobs get a first down, you drop an interception. And then this is when Eli Manning made the Patriots' this is the helmet catch when Eli Manning tries to get small on a third and five it looks like it's going to be a sack and the Giants are facing fourth and 15 Eli spins out of it throws it down the field just a jump ball to David Tyree who makes the helmet catch that you see on television every eight minutes (laughs) Rodney Harrison can't break the play up and suddenly the Giants have an incredible amount of life and the Stadium was stunned. It was silent because David Tyree, to make this catch with the ball against his helmet... I mean, how does Rodney Harrison not knock the ball out? He goes up hard after it. Can't do it. Tyree does a great job shielding Rodney Harrison from the ball. Maybe Rodney Harrison could have gone up with a soft hand and then yanked it out because David Tyree would have relaxed, but he went up hard. Tyree's holding the ball, keeps it against his helmet. It's going to go down as one of the three greatest plays ever in the history of the
7: Super Bowl, no matter how many Super Bowls we have. that's just it because it creates the legend of, well, Eli Manning and the giants right because you extend that give them uh what eventually becomes another super bowl win with this key play but it kept the mystique that perfection right the dolphins with their champagne on ice the 72 dolphins still waiting still hoping and but for david tyree a guy who was a solid player not a star, but he, as we've seen so many times in Super Bowl or go to any other sport, guys, the unsung heroes that come up with those big plays, and that one still defies all physics, gravity, and Rodney Harrison, if you get him in a private moment, I'm sure he has some very – uh terse words and probably had a few moments looking in the mirror, wondering what happened.
3: It's still time though for the Patriots to play well, but they looked like they were just zombies and it was almost as if the Giants touchdown was going to be inevitable. They try to send pressure on Eli Manning a couple of plays later. Plaxico Burris has one-on-one coverage with Ellis Hobbs. It's a touchdown. The Giants take the lead with a few seconds left and it was, Oh my God, the perfect season is over. The Patriots are not going to get it. And there was a lot of controversy when the Patriots got the ball back and Brady threw four incomplete passes. There was no time left. And Belichick goes running across the field, shakes Tom Coughlin's hand. The officials say, no, there's still one second left. So everybody goes back. Belichick runs off the field. There was a lot of controversy. And, oh, look, at there's Belichick not shaking hands with Tom Coughlin. But because the officials put one second back on the clock, Belichick's like, I'm not going to go back out there and congratulate him again. I'm going to the We've locker room.
7: You should have gotten your
3: photo. I'm done. But it was just a stunning moment of... This is over, and everybody had trouble processing it this. It was a Rocky move. How, th- how did this happen? And even the Patriots in their post game, watching Tom Brady and watching guys talk for a few minutes and leaving the podium, I could tell they were still in shock. Wide-eyed, stunned. Yeah, this happened to us, and we should have done this and should have done this, and yeah, that's the way it is. Okay, we're done, all right, good. Well, well no, dude, you just lost an, a possible perfect season, and emotionally it's it's I didn't get any emotion from the Patriots it was just we are really in thousand yard stare wide-eyed shock that we lost this game that the Giants gave us all the problems we could handle and on the final drive despite the fact we had a few chances we couldn't stop them when you give a team life like that they gave the Giants life on three big plays it could right. have ended the game and instead the Giants convert on all of them and they win the Super Bowl
7: and they walk away and you, you look at the, the legend of that team and what they became, right? Strahan walks off and that's his swan song in the, in the NFL for the Patriots. Obviously for Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, they were nowhere near done. They were just getting started. But it's one of those moments in our NFL history that you, you have great teams. Right, You have fantastic teams. Every year there's one or two teams you get excited about after three or four weeks of can they do this. And this Patriots team did and obliterated all comers. And then suddenly the offensive line couldn't block. They had no answers for Strahan, Yuman and Justin Tuck.
3: Every play, one of those guys was in the back. One of those guys was close to Tom Brady. We got Strahan blocked on this play, but now it's Tuck and Yuman We got Yuman and Tuck blocked on this play, and it's Michael
7: Strahan. Yeah, just no comfort, no rhythm, none of that that you see so often, the hallmark of this New England offense all these years. And in that moment, the stunned silence, I think that's – You know, like when you get any bit of bad news in your life, no matter (laughs) what you're doing, like, that's it. It's like you're trying to process like, really, that happened? Because it's surreal, right? Because you just assumed you were going to come in, dominate. You had the parade route planned. You were a heavy favorite. So everybody's on board and you start reading your own press clippings, I'm sure. As much as you want to avoid it and as much as the... just You
3: know we're undefeated. We're going to win it all, you know. we got this.
7: Well, you start counting your Super Bowl bonuses and where that <laughs> ring's going to go and everything else happens, and all of a sudden the uh, rug got pulled out from under you because a guy had a helmet catch that I'm sure someone from the New York Giants PR office wanted to send every member of the Patriots an autographed photo of it. Here you go.
3: Take that. It was a year of excitement for the Patriots that started off with possibility. You had tragedy. You had a season start that began under controversy. You had incredible victories. You had a couple of close ones. You had many blowouts and you had the results we just did not expect, the imperfect ending, and this is what's going to happen sometimes here on the Special Teams podcast. It's not always about the team that went all the way through the regular season, won it all and is great. Now, that's going to be a lot of them because we look back at some of the best teams, but the teams that are more memorable are the Giants of 2007 more memorable because they won or the Patriots more memorable because they could have gone undefeated and they lost and
7: they had, oh, by the way, Spygate dogging them throughout the way. It's the Patriots. Yeah, and sometimes you have to lose to set up the sequel.
3: <laughs> and all the other times they won the Super Bowls later on. Well, there is that. I'm Jason Smith. He's Mike Harmon. Our show is heard on Fox Sports Radio Monday through Friday. Get us on social media on Twitter at How About HowAboutAFresca. Mike is at Swollen SwollenDomeo. Let us know some of the teams you might want to see here on the Special Teams Podcast as we look back at some of the great years and great teams in the history of sports. Rate and review the show, whether you're listening on iHeartRadio, iHeartRadio apps, Apple, whatever it is. Give us a rate. Tell us you like it. We will love you forever and ever and ever. Special Teams is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts,
5: or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I want to talk to you about cryptocurrency. Did you know that if you invested $10 in Bitcoin in 2010, It would be worth over $400,000 in January 2021. Crypto could represent the future of money, but it can be intimidating. And what about taxes? Well, with an Alto Crypto IRA, you can trade crypto like Bitcoin and avoid or defer the taxes. You can create an account in just minutes and invest with as little as $10 with no setup charges and no account fees. There are over 80 coins available like Bitcoin, Ethereum and Cardano. Make a cash contribution or transfer cash from an existing IRA. Invest just $10 today. Who knows what it could be worth in 10 years? Ready to take your investments to the next level? Diversify like the pros and trade without tax headaches. Open an Alto Crypto IRA with as little as $10. Just go to altoira.com easy. That's A-L-T-O-I-R-A dot com easy. Start investing in cryptocurrency today. Go to altoira.com E-A-S-Y.
4: 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
1: There's plenty to celebrate in March and National ex- <laughs> Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy, and anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. <laughs>